coming to you live from Rob's living room. It's the Mike and Rob podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Rob. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hi, everybody. That's my opening now. Hi, everybody. Baby. Welcome to the Mike and Rob podcast. We're coming to you a little late, uh, a couple days later than we've been attempting to do. Yeah, it's his fault. Um. Yeah, I had a thing on Tuesday. Well, I had a thing on Although Wednesday. I, I was kind of thinking about canceling on Tuesday on you anyway, and you made it real easy on me. Yeah, I did. So, um, yeah, now now it's Thursday, and this will be put out Friday. Should we do another one again on Tuesday? Well, yeah. I mean, we got to keep the schedule going, right? Okay. Um. So I have again. I, I'm kind of doing a new approach to this show. I don't know if you've noticed. It's called not preparing. <laughs> otherwise known as winging it which i think makes it more spontaneous and i i'm hoping that's a good thing we'll see so, i kind of i kind of uh, feel like i could be doing the delicious dish on npr right now with this new filter we're using oh that that would be lovely yeah um i recently watched the one with betty white oh yes have, have you seen that one Yes, that was the one with the muffins. Right, she, her her um, dusty muffins, du- giant dusty muffin. <laughs> Betty White's awesome. It was just her birthday, the day uh, June first. Oh yeah, she's like ninety three now. Good for her. Go Betty. Go Betty. Okay, so a couple things I wanted to throw out there. I don't have a lot of news or anything, but uh, to date the show uh, to a specific date. You know what today's date is, Rob? Um, the fifth. Of June. Of what year? What year is it? What year? No, man, the year. Uh, it's 2014. Yes, now 29. Fo- sorry, 14. Right. 29 years ago today, a baseball game was played between the Chicago Cubs and the Space aliens. Atlanta Braves. Oh. No, that back back when Houston had the space aliens, that was a they don't have that team anymore. Um, and uh, ask and, and it was tied three three. Ask me who's winning. The Bears. Okay, now according to that, what do you think was happening twenty nine years ago today? Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off came oh. out in cinemas. Nope. It literally was June. It took place. Oh, did it? According I, that to that was a surprise. That was something I didn't know about that movie. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, well, then I should I should bring up this article. Um, my cousin posted this this morning, and my cousin was uh, the first one to introduce me to that movie without even showing it to me. Uh, I just saw that he had a like a recorded VHS tape, mm-hmm. like he'd bootlegged it or something, of um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I didn't know what that was, but. Um, I saw that he had a tape of it. And so appropriately enough today, he uh, said, hey, happy Ferris Bueller Day. Um, and I'll read you this, the article. It should he be nationally recognized as Ferris Bueller. Totally. Day. And I posted this on. And and it should be a national holiday. Everyone should get Ferris Bueller's Day off. You know what they can do in Chicago on Ferris Bueller Day? Yeah. Have they a can, parade. They can have a parade. They ha- I think they have. There's to. two songs they could easily play and just be done. <laughs> The Beatles version of uh, Shake It Up Baby <laughs> right. and Shane by... Exactly. By, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Barry, uh Big Hair, uh, Las Vegas. 
Yeah, what's Creepy his name? Creepy skin. <laughs> kind of looks like a I robot. I want to say Barry Manilow, but it's not Barry Manilow. It's, um... Come on, who is it? Give me the first name. I'm going to give it away. What, uh, Newton. You had it, yeah, Wayne. Wayne. Newton. Okay, um, so... He sounded like a girl in that song. Yeah, he... I. For the longest time, I thought it was a female singer in that yeah, song. Yeah, I didn't even know it was him until um, my parents were like, that's Wayne Newton. So here's how they know this, is that based on the play-by-play of the Cubs-Braves game during a scene in John Hughes' 1986 classic, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it has been determined that the film takes place exactly 29 years ago, on June 5th, 1985. Oh, so, oh that's so why the, I didn't know it, because they never really mentioned that it's that day. No, you, some fan... Went to the trouble to figure this out, says this article. Never mind that it doesn't actually make sense, since Bueller says at a later point in the film that he and his best buddy Cameron still have, quote, a couple months left in their high school graduation, which would usually happen in June. Yeah. Then again, if that timeline were correct, then why the hell is it 70 plus degrees in Chicago in April? What does it all mean? So. Something um, tells me that they just didn't bother to worry about didn't that care. part. But. If this thing catches on, especially by next year when it'll be the 30th anniversary, then that'll make it kind of a big deal. Um, so, yeah. Um, here's a couple other things you might not have known. Sonic Youth's original drummer, Richard Edson, plays the parking lot attendant. Uh, oh, the creepy one? I guess. He went on to become... So let me look up uh, the name so I make sure that he's the one with actual lines. You guys not have the, nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'm a professional. Yeah, that's him. Um, professional what he went on to become a celebrated character actor later but in 1985 oh because he was also in uh he was Vito in do the right thing um but mm -hmm. in 1985 richard edson uh had been in exactly two feature films jim jarmusch's stranger than paradise and in the madonna video or the madonna vehicle desperately seeking susan which i don't think i've seen either of those but there's somebody named Jim Jarmish. Jim Jarmish, yeah. That you ever sounds see? like a name no. you would make up if you were like, you, uh, who are you? Um, uh, uh, Jim. I'm J Jim. Jim who? J J J Jarmush. <laughs> um, Jim Jarmush. Your name's Jim Jarmush? Uh, yeah. yeah. The famous director of Stranger Than Fiction. <laughs> no, that, no, the sausage me. king of Chicago. <laughs> Um, no, he, he also made Dead Man, the, the movie with, um, Johnny Depp. Did you ever see Dead Man, the black and white movie with Johnny oh, Depp? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Jim Jarmusch movie. Okay. Um, anyway, he, since he is basically a Hollywood nobody at that point in 1985, chances are that Edson was hired because either Hughes or the casting director was a fan of Edson's drumming in Social Youth and, or Sonic, in Sonic, Youth. Sonic Youth and Conk. Conk. Um. Isn't it Conch? K-O-N-K. Oh, even um, better. That's I thought it was like, oh, we named ourselves after a shell. That would be kind of like Conk, like K-O-N-K is so much cooler. Um, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't one of, the, one of the things you've never known, is that the funniest scene in the whole movie is in the end credits. First what? of all, that's your opinion. And secondly, <laughs> yeah, the funniest everybody. Scene, the funniest thing, the funniest part of that whole movie is right here. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> Gummy bear? It's been in my pocket. They're real warm and soft. <laughs> Doo -doo bow bow. Um, and then this is interesting. I never thought about this, but apparently the movie is like a love letter to the French New Wave. So um, uh, it sounds like a stretch, but seriously, there are obvious shades of uh, Jean-Luc Godard 
in Ferris's incessant breaking of the fourth wall, and the dynamic uh, between Ferris, Cameron, and Sloan is pure band apakta. What's um, what's the fourth wall? Is that what you were talking about before, where people are having a conversation and if you turn to the camera and start talking to the audience, you're breaking oh, the fourth wall. Okay. Think of it as a stage. And gotcha. the back wall yeah, it's and like, the sides are, are it's, one, two, and three. It's like Roseanne's you, house in the show. They're <laughs> like the kitchen. They would they would like really give have liberties with that area, like yeah. where the wall should have been. There's like this big expanse and they're well, always like running around in there and so, yeah. but I, I mean I mean literally on like a, a, a live theater performance or right. something. So the fourth stage the fourth wall is that invisible wall through which the audience is watching the scene. I always and, thought it was just one way glass. <laughs> just big piece. It's a giant of mirror to them to the actors. And to break the fourth wall is to look out at the crowd and address them directly. You've in a sense metaphorically broken the wall down to communicate with them. Gotcha. Um but apparently they did that in Band of Outsiders, which is in French called Band Aparta. Ah, okay, that's uh, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino's, Tarantino's uh, production company. Yep, and uh, and it also says with a slight touch of Jules et Jim, which is Jules and Jim, uh, because it says, Hold on. come on. Can we, can we check the source on that? I'm telling you as a film student. Um, oh, okay, I'll because take your word for it. It says, then. come on, Cameron's obviously in love with Sloan, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know if he's in love with her so much as he just is in the idea of having someone like Sloan. Yeah, kind of jealous of his buddy well, and yeah, having I mean, like this perfect girl who's like, he he's gonna marry me. Yeah, you know, she's, she's like, just like so into him. Like, doesn't matter what he does. Yeah, and then you know he doesn't have anybody probably because he's so awkward. And then uh, this is of course another... now we're getting into the psyche of a, a fictional, fictional character. character. But you know what? That's what nerds do. <laughs> Um, and then it says the museum scene. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, that was supposed to be artsy? <laughs> no. I mean, this is another – this is fact number four of the things you never knew about Ferris Bueller. Is that there was a museum scene? <laughs> this is a terribly written article. Are you serious? It says, what the hell is this doing in an ostensibly uh, eph- ephemeral 1980s teen comedy? Yeah, the cheesy New Age score fits, but look at Cameron meditating on identity and morality while staring at Georges Serrault's... Yeah, Day in the Park or something. Uh, uh, Sunday Afternoon in the Island of La Grande Jatte. Yeah, that one. Uh, that's heavy, it says. Great, thank you. How do they know what he's contemplating? He's just staring at it. No, because he talks about, like, the closer you look at it, the less you see, and it just turns to dots. Or maybe he didn't talk yeah. about that in the movie, but... No, they they talked about it. Watch the commentary. That's where I got that. Oh, okay. The closer you stare at these dots, the less defined it is. And now it just becomes from a picture at a large, you know, looking at the grand picture. Yeah. And you see a whole image of people at a park. The closer you get, and they do this in the film, is get nice and tight on those little tiny dots that it's made up of. Uh-huh. You're the, he looks at a little boy. Yeah. And he's looking closer and closer at the little boy and apparently that he's recognizing himself in the character of the little boy in the painting. And yeah, that's the closer usually he goes about the in, time where I'm like, come on, get to the parade scene already. <laughs> well, think about this. So he gets nice and tight on that little picture of the boy and the closer he looks at it, there's nothing yeah, there. Yeah, it just looks like dots. He feels he feels like there's nothing to Cameron. So it's kind of heavy. Um, well, that's what makes it a great movie. And, okay, so five things you missed in Ferris Bueller's Day Off number five. Ferris Bueller was in it. <laughs> Almost. 
Charlie Sheen's cameo is not just hilarious, it's eerily prescient. Who wrote this? I don't know. Like, seriously. Why are you here, drugs? And I, I guarantee Charlie Sheen had been arrested several times before. No, he was a, the most recent one. You know what for you being didn't know? Drugs. Here, I'll tell you something you didn't know about that scene. He stayed up for 48 hours before filming that scene. That looks like he did. Yep, he wanted Which to get awesome. that look. It says it's like he's already got the tiger blood cursing, coursing through his veins. That's great. It's not something I didn't know. <laughs> so this was written in full, in full credit. This was written this morning by Dustin Krakachovich for Esquire Online. It's probably pronounced like Shushafker. Yes. It's like, I don't know, it's like that coach for... Jarmush. Jarmush. Yes. John Jarmush. Oh, that's funny. Um, So I thought you'd appreciate that, being the big fan of that movie that you are. Yeah, I would have appreciated... I did appreciate you bringing it up. Well, at least the today I would have appreciated a more... More interesting... A more interesting article, yeah. But there, I, there are more interesting things in the commentary of that movie than there anything he put on there. The commentary is actually really good, as I recall. I haven't watched it for like ten years. Thing but. where the car, okay, so in the very end of the movie, the car shoots out the back of the garage and mm-hmm. drops like the four stories. Mm-hmm. All the trees around the car originally had yellow leaves on them, yellow and brown, yeah. yellow and brown because of the time of year. But they wanted it to be like summer. So they fucking spray painted all the leaves green. It's just like all the green you, you see. Look at in how that. many trees are in that shot. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it, especially because he does it a high shot from yeah. way up where the car came from and looking down, and you're just like, "There's no way that's just spray paint." It, it looks like a forest lush with green, yeah, leaves. Um, and of course, they didn't wreck a real uh, no. Alfa Romeo, what is it? No, no it's it was a Ferrari. Okay, yeah. The 1962 Ferrari. Ferrari GT California. And there's only been like... Ooh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they, they didn't drop Maybe a real 61. one. But they dropped a uh, like a like the body of one that was made out of fiberglass that they had yeah. replicated or something. So there's a lot of cool things about just fa- filmmaking in general in that movie if you watch the commentary. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been to a lot of car shows and seen car stuff on TV. I've never seen one of those cars that was in that movie, like at a car show or at a, or on the street. Just like the, here's someone who actually has one of these. I've never seen one. I'm kind of starting to think maybe it wasn't a real car, but that just goes to speak how rare that thing was. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like no how many way it was like one of smash one of twenty seven or something. What does he say in the movie? Or one hundred and twenty seven? I don't think he says that. I thought he did. No. All right. He says, oh, no, you're right. He does. Yeah. Only 127 made. I was right That's on the right. number. Yeah. Yes. So I'm a film fan now, too. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm just happen to be on Facebook at the moment, and I'll mention some other news here. Let the countdown commence, says Rolling Stone. Axl Rose has confirmed the existence of two finished Guns N' Roses albums to follow up their 2008 LP, Chinese Democracy, that could come out in the near future. Yay. Yeah, you didn't even listen to the last I one. I kind of did. Because I, I forced you to, and you, you yeah, were like... Yeah, and I, and I listened to it, and then I was like, meh. You listened to it distractedly for five minutes. Meh, I says. <laughs> you went into it, meh. Yeah, That's oh, not, well, well, sorry. Oh, okay, here's another one for you. What movie... It's not Guns N' Roses without Slash. That's true. It's it's not. But That's like Led wish, Zeppelin, but without Robert... Robert no, Plant. it's just Robert Plant. 
and it's none of the other guys. <laughs> yeah, without Jimmy Page, you're just like, uh, okay. It, why are we doing this? It's well, Led Zeppelin, but Led spelled L-E-A-D. <laughs> L-E-O-D. <laughs> With a little umlaut over the O. <laughs> Is that what um, the umlaut does? It does something like that, especially in Swedish. It's just all bets are off. Yeah. It's, it's like turning off gravity on language. <laughs> just, everything kind of just floats away. And you just kind of grasp at whatever. You it can... just means it makes whatever sound you want it to. Yeah, because I read um, the Stieg Larsson books, the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo yeah. trilogy. And it's... <laughs> There's umlauts abound oh, in my that God, book. And, and just trying to read Norwegian words yeah. and, and Swedish words, you're just like, okay, whatever I can... If I can pronounce this in any way that sounds kind of right, I'm just going to go with it and assume that it's right. Did I mean, you just like start making up American names for the characters? <laughs> no, I mean, the characters weren't bad. Uh, the characters' names were okay. It was town names because everything oh, was translated okay. to English, but they wanted the city names to be real cities. So. Instead of Heinrich Blomqvist, it was just John. <laughs> it was not Heim- Heinrich. Hein- I thought it was Heinrich. No, it's... Uh, what is his name? main character i can't remember but they it's just, bloomquist michael like, it's my name michael oh yeah <laughs> michael bloomquist 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 because there's like a v shape which is like the q u yeah. but it's like quist. quist i almost put the v in there oh <gasps> hello you have a word yes yeah, someone's playing words with friends with me turning it off um so what movie is being uh giving a given a 30th anniversary release to uh this year hold on while its sequel is getting a 25th anniversary release with it this year um i'm gonna go with ghostbusters nice i heard it about it on the radio dang okay i was like are you seeing a reflection i was actually gonna tell you about it i don't know why i thought for a second that you didn't already know about it but yeah oh this is weird so the ghost now actually i didn't know about ghost the ghostbusters 2 thing right so they're both coming out on blu-ray and now the logo has changed. It used to just be the ghost going like this. Yeah. And then the ghost does the two, the two in the sequel. So now for the box set, he's doing two with one hand and one with the other hand. Oh. It's one and two. Why don't they just put the ghost on it? Just I don't know. Doing just the leave. little like surfer move. Even when I was a nine, skateboarder. Even when I was a 10-year-old kid, 9-year-old kid, when Ghostbusters 2 came out, I was like, that's kind of dumb. Just leave it the regular ghost. Like. From the first movie, doing his regular thing, they even yeah. changed it on the sign. Yeah, and on the ecto. No, the ecto no on the on the firehouse. And when they bust at that firehouse in New York, once in a while they'll bust out the thing and hold it up, put it up there. Like, uh, the like when Harold firehouse. Ramis, yeah, so um, when Harold Ramis died, they put that out there, and people were putting flowers and stuff there. Oh, cool! But it's the two. It's like just the original movie was better and eh, an original. But anyway, that's coming out on Blu-ray on September sixteenth. But they're also releasing it in theaters. Did you hear that? On August 29th. Yeah. I went uh, and saw I thought it. it was October 29th. No, August. Are you sure? Yep. It says right here. Oh, and I read it on the radio said October. He's full of shit. Yeah. Who, who, I thought it made sense right who? before Halloween. I want names. Who said that? One of the, you know, schlock jocks on the Eagle out Quit of Quit listening to the Eagle. They play good music. <laughs> I don't care about what the DJs say, even um, though I listen to it. I think yeah. they're also the DJ that... Uh, there was something else wrong they told me, but I can't remember. It right yeah, it, I know what it was. It was... Um, oh, yeah, that Bernie Toppin wrote yeah. uh, wrote the whole song for You Could you Be Mine. Could, by the Guns N' Roses song. But I think he only wrote, like, a, it was just like a line. No, it was a wrote. line that Axel referred to 
from a, an Elton John song that Bernie Taupin had written. He oh, like okay. borrowed it, and therefore he had to give credit in the song uh, writing okay. in the liner notes to Bernie Taupin, which translates to some idiot DJ on the radio that oh. Bernie Taupin wrote the the song. I didn't think lyrics. it was impossible. Like, no, it's not impossible. If you, if you have that lyric set to like a John Elton type song, a who? Elton John. Sorry, I always do that. <laughs> really? Yeah, He's an Elton two, John type song. Two first names. Just because John Elton makes makes way kind more of sense, makes more but, sense. Huh? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I could like if you had him playing a piano and doing like his kooky Elton John thing set to "You Could Be Mine," like. I could see that happening. My cheddar cheese girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that old South Park episode where it was no. Elton John talking about how he met Bernie Taupin? He was singing songs like, my cheddar cheese, cheddar cheese, cheddar cheese girl, or something like that. Hi, are you Elton John? Sir Elton John. I was knighted, you know. We're trying to raise money for our school chef. We have chocolate nuggets and love that milk candy. I'm sorry, but I'm not a big candy bar fan. What? Could you just buy a couple <laughs> of them? Chef candy. is really... Chef. You mean chef, chef? Yeah, dude. Well, you remember him? Of course. I haven't seen him in so long. I remember when I first met him. It was about 25 years ago. I was just a struggling musician and couldn't get a break. Oh, oh, you're my cheddar cheese girl. You're soft but firm and you go well with wine. Oh, oh, cheddar cheese girl. Cheddar, cheddar cheese girl. <laughs> hey, Elton, don't feel so down, baby. Have some of my Scottish haggis. It'll cheer you up. Thanks, Chef. I just don't understand what my music is missing. Look, Elton, you are a great singer. But a retarded <laughs> monkey could write better lyrics. I really thought I had it this time with Cheddar Cheese Girl. <laughs> what you need is a guy to write really good lyrics for you. I know a guy named Bernie Toppin who's working at Moth Burger right now. I'll give him a call. That's a great idea. And Elton, why don't you get yourself some new threads? You know, some slick glasses and shit. And so I got Bernie to write my lyrics. If it wasn't for Chef... I would never have had a There you go. That's the so story. <laughs> oh, 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 you're my cheddar cheese girl. Cheddar <laughs> cheese, cheddar cheese girl. Um, you go well with wine. <laughs> um, let's see. Anything else? I thought there was something else I wanted to throw out there from my Facebook feed. but uh, Tomorrow is the 60th anniversary, 70th anniversary of D-Day. Not very funny, but wah, wah. thanks, Debbie Downer. You know, it's an important date. <laughs> yes, it is. Actually, I did see a picture on um, Reddit of a guy who did storm Normandy, um, parachuted in. I think it was yeah, Normandy, and uh, he's doing it tomorrow to commemorate it at ninety three years old. Wow. Yeah, he's gonna break something. Uh, he's gonna die, right? <laughs> I mean, but no. Good if, for him. Good if for this him. Guy, with him. Honestly, if this guy survived D-Day, he's probably going to live forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw the movie. It was it was like I was there, but not which really movie? at all. The movie D-Day? No. Um, Saving Private Ryan? That's the one. Yeah, that's a good one. I remember seeing that in the theater and just with that whole opening scene and then just going, oh my God, there's more to the, like, they could have ended the movie right there and I would have walked away like completely crushed, you know, like you do feel like you just went through a little something just sitting there watching because he put the camera right at eye level and put, took you through the whole thing. It was just crazy. Yeah. If you haven't seen that one, kids, tomorrow's a good day to watch it, except tomorrow might not be the day you're listening to this. But if it so, is, then I mean today. But if I, but sometime, if it's later. Sometime this evening, Friday the 6th. If it's sometime later than the anniversary of D-Day, go back and, well, you can't go back in time. Well, if you can, 
That'd be awesome. Actually, oh, I got it. Rob. Okay, listeners, if you can go back in time, come back in time to right now. And walk through Mike's door. Nothing? Maybe they're late. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be kind of cool, though. Um, So we'll just keep, we'll let you know if anybody comes back from the past and walks through my front door. (laughs) Or from the future, of course, I mean. Because it'd be really awkward if someone came from the past. Not awkward, it would be really ironic and strange. If someone came back from the past right to this moment, they'd have no reason to know to come to this moment. Yeah. And I'd just be, I'd be kind of shocked on two levels, really. (laughs) Um, I saw a good time travel movie in the theater the other day. Um, a good one? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Was it called Back to the Future? No. Oh. It was one Back have... to the Future 2? Nope. Oh, that's all the good time travel movies I know about. <laughs> uh, I actually like 3. I thought 3 was good. Yeah, we talked about this before. That we did? Okay. Not on on here. I think you and I talked about it. That like oh. everyone gives it shit, but we're like, it's a good part of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, it was a good good end cap. Um, Except for the whole thing time travel train in the end like hey couldn't you, couldn't marty have just like seen a picture of doc with his with um clara and like their couple little kids and did he have to run it over run over the delorean with the train emmett brown he didn't run over the delorean a train did yeah well they had to it had to smash the delorean because it was evil and look at all the problems it caused yeah i guess that's stupid yeah. It caused all these problems. Now I'm going to go invent a train that does the exact they same thing. They should have just been like, we'll just have a raffle and give it away to somebody else. <laughs> How about you just take out a flux capacitor or two? <laughs> yeah, it was still a cool car. Yeah. It could fly. Yeah. It had a hover well, conversion. Actually, I guess it, the, the lightning destroyed the hover conversion. Right. But here's the point is that 2015 is next year. It's yeah. coming up. There's not going to be a flying car. Now, this then. we already did discuss, but I, something's just not right in the universe if we can't even have a damn hoverboard. Yeah. Or even just a self-drying jacket. Drying mode on. And? Your jacket is now dry. I <laughs> uh, love it. Okay, um, yes, uh, we don't need to make every podcast about Back to the Future, but no, I saw a different time travel movie that I know... F- I think you haven't seen yet, but it was in the theaters. Just came out pretty good. Got good reviews. Comic book movie. Any more hints? Oh, oh, uh, X Men. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I loved it. It's probably my favorite X Men movie. Well, that, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a huge X Men fan, and I really like the first one. But I guess even there that has, one, there hasn't been one that's really like blown me away yet. This is this is probably the the closest that'll get. Or that any of those will get that, that are out so far to blowing you away, right? Um, they I guess because I'm so used to like not the comics, but like I watched the cartoon of it when I right, was younger in the nineties, and it was more about them like using their power mm-hmm. and kicking ass. There's and lots of power of using in this one. That's one thing that was missing from a lot of the other movies. I think it was all like plot and character, character development, development yeah. like. I don't know. But that's a good thing, though. I think It's in, not, yeah, it's not you a can't bad just, thing. It's, it's, I think when you just have people running around using their powers, you get, you know, Fantastic Four or um, Daredevil or something like that. You get these movies maybe. that are kind of like, eh. But even in Daredevil, like, he wasn't running around, like, doing crazy shit the whole movie like he should have He been. had a few scenes where he was doing well, that. Well, yeah, but, they had to do it a couple um, times. But. And they're making a TV show out of that one. Oh, yeah? 
or is it no it's a netflix straight to netflix series oh maybe it'll be better because yeah, it won't have like the censorship and stuff um house of huh? cards doesn't i know but they they can still decide we want to make it for this audience or that audience oh yeah might. i'm not saying that it's just going to be like an hbo show or something but... uh orange is the new black you need to go watch first season because second season starts tomorrow that's you saw the whole first season i watched yeah, a few so episodes um i got into the character silicone valley is really good too hbo it's, yeah it's really funny it just looks like workaholics but it kind of is but it's it is off. different it's different um i don't know i kind of like it better but i know the people who are into workaholics are really into workaholics and they're like what the hell they ripped off our favorite show all right are they it, is that what I, people are saying i don't know i guess i I would guess that they would. I, I haven't really had a talk with anyone who's it's a big not, fan of it. It's not about them in an office. I know Workaholics doesn't really have them in an office much, but it's about these guys like trying to create a startup company, a startup tech company. Does it take place like in the eighties or nineties? No, it takes or? place right now. Okay. Um, no, right, I don't. I don't right watch now. HBO like right this second. Yeah, right it takes place second. during our podcast. Yes. In fact, if they're featuring it on the very first episode of the new season, I I really appreciate them doing that for us. Yeah, it's just we really need the, the exposure. whole episode is just them listening to our podcast and laughing. Oh, just riotously so laughing, going. I wish I wasn't here in Silicon Valley. I wish I was up in the East Bay with Mike and Rob. If only we had the technology to make our own podcast. Um, the only shows I watch right now because I don't watch. You know, I was over at your house when the big. Was that a season finale of Game of Thrones that we watched after um, the, the one where game? The, well, I don't want to ruin it, but there's a big fight. Okay, yeah, that was the season. Okay. No, I'm sorry, there's two more episodes. Okay, left. so yeah, a big fight happened and something bad happened to, well, both both the characters had bad things happen to them. But anyway, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so most of that was just you like You need watching. to remedy that, man. I know, I know. It's so know. good. So is Lord of the Rings. and you know, it's, it's different like, from Lord of the Rings. I know it is, but it's also very this, similar. Well, they have this has way more interesting characters than okay. Lord of the Rings does. Like, um, Lord of the Rings characters are interesting because of what they do. Like, this movie is was like way... I don't know. There's just the a lot more backstabbing, a lot more like things going on under the surface. That's, and... but see, that's why I think I could binge that show. Probably. Oh yeah. So I don't know. This if is... you want to wait until it's all said and done, then not all said and done, but it's not like any of it's on Netflix or anything yet. So no, no HBO on... on demand, I guess. But right, which I don't have. Um, but the shows I watch really consist of. I'm going on Netflix. I'm going back and watching. I'm binge watching X Files, and I'm on season four now. Um. I, the ones I watch on the regular are like shows only from Fox and Comedy Central, which are uh, The Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad, and Bob's Burgers, and Cosmos on Fox. Those are like the Fox shows I watch. And then um, actually Comedy Central's got a lot of good shows right now. They've got At Midnight, which is the um, – who's the guy that used to do Singled Out with Jenny McCarthy? Oh God, Chris something. Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. So he does that show at midnight. It's kind of a it's kind of a pop culture game show that moves at the <laughs> speed of light. He also does Talking Dead. Right, right, right. On AMC. Yeah. Which he can't do anymore. Or when that show's over, they're not going to do it anymore. But uh, yeah, they're only doing like one more season, I think. Right. Of Walking Dead. Yeah. Is, didn't they announce that? I don't know. I don't know. 
Again, another show I don't watch on the regular, but I watched the first few episodes. They should. They should only have one or two more seasons of Walking Dead. Yeah. Wrap it up. Yeah. Um, and then Leave I watch. on a high note. So I watch like Inside Amy Schumer. Do you ever watch that show? I haven't seen it yet. She, she's awesome. She, it's a great, it's great sketch comedy. That's it. It's just awesome sketches. I don't know. You introduced me to The Kroll the Show. The Kroll Show and is I, I need amazing. to start watching that. I need to start watching Bob's Burgers because I've seen a couple episodes. That was pretty funny. Yeah, just the way they interact is much more like normal people. The way they, they laugh at each other's actual jokes that are bad. Because, yeah. But they just kind of go, <laughs> like, you know, like normal people probably would. <laughs> um, and it's just fun to see that animated. And then um, I watch uh, Broad City, which is just about these two Jewish girls in New York trying to f- get laid and get high <laughs> all the Interesting. time. It's great. It's just situational comedy. Once, you know, single camera situational comedy and really well done. Um, Hannibal Burris, black comedian guy, is on it and he's really awesomely funny. I don't trust anyone named Hannibal. Yeah. He eats a few people, but not as many as the cannibal guy did. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there was that guy who crossed the Alps with, you know, elephants. Don't trust him. Okay. <laughs> um, he destroyed Rome. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I watch um, South Park when they have new episodes. It feels like it's been a year since I've seen a new episode of South Park. Well, those guys authored the sweetest deal ever. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even know how much they get paid to do a ten, one 10 episode season. Is that what it is now? 10 yeah. episodes? Yeah. God, they, they it just feels split like it. It was two seven or, you oh, know, okay. two seven or a seven a se- two part seven. Ep- or two part season each with seven episodes. Oh okay, well that's 14. That yeah. makes 14 and episodes. So they a cut it down to 10 and now they just do the 10 all at once. Oh, man. Yeah, that is good a good deal cuz then they can go off and make a movie. And they or... probably got made, they probably make even more money than they did before. Right, because they go out, yeah, they're just in demand and now Comedy Central's just like, "Please, please give us more episodes." No, but Comedy Central's doing some really good stuff right now. Um what else do I... I thought there was some other show that I watch on there, but... You know what I love that Comedy Central does is at, like, after midnight, yeah. they show a movie completely uncut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they is go, awesome. We'll take whatever FCC fine it is for after 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever it is. Oh, I think it's even... I think there might be one for after midnight because it's yeah. always after midnight. And so I think the fines go down or something from the FCC. Probably. Or there aren't any. I don't know. Um, but of course, I watch The Daily Show and uh, Colbert Report, and occasionally I'll watch on uh, HBO. Um, I can listen to the podcast of Bill Maher for political stuff, but um, that's about Bill all the Maher. TV I watch. I know you're not a fan, whatever. We'll get into it. Yeah, that's um, not. <laughs> um, but his show is good. He has good guests, both that agree with his side of things usually and those who don't, so he can actually have people arguing on his show it's kind of fun yeah he just does it so he can rip on them well he, he rips on them but they rip back and he welcomes that so it's interesting it's it it's not totally once it's not like oh did you ever see i was gonna say it's not like bill o'reilly where he just screams yeah, and then says either. cut their mic cut their mic but there was a great debate between uh bill o'reilly and uh john stewart did you ever see that no oh my god i have it on video i think i paid for it and bought it because it was so good. Uh, I'll have to show it to you at some time. It was called um, like the debate to end the world or something like that. It was just, <laughs> and it was, it was so great. Isn't it like fact, when Bill Nye debated that crazy person about that, creationism? Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, that was so good. 
and halfway through the thing, he, he actually, goes, you know what? I didn't, I didn't actually see the argument, I or the debate. I read an an article about it because, I mean, in my mind, there's no debate. There's so much evidence against creationism. I'm not saying that what we think Here, is right. We'll do it right now. You, you be the uh, the um, I'll be the evolutionist, or I'll, you be the evolutionist, and I'll be the uh, creationist. Okay, go go ahead. Start opening statements. Yes, and I think that. Uh, uh, no, just, I'll show you how this argument goes. Just actually, okay. Clearly, they, this world has been around a lot longer than however many years. What it seven thousand, six thousand, five thousand years? It's sixty five hundred years because if you add up uh, from the time of Adam and Eve and their children Cain and Abel and begot and begot and begat and begat and begetting and all that begetting uh-huh. and you add it all up, uh huh, six thousand years. 6,500. So what had happened? How come there's dinosaur bones and we're able to scientifically date them to be much, much older than that? God is all powerful. Uh Uh-huh. God put those dinosaur bones there with all the evidence that you're talking about Uh all at once to test your faith in him. And guess what, my friend? You failed. So he did it all as a joke? No, no, it's a it's a test of our faith in him. It's a test. He wants Why? to know who's a real believer. Like me, I'm a real believer. You, you're not a real believer, my friend. And I I I pray for your soul because you believe that dinosaurs were real. And they were, but they were they just Why didn't get God, on the ark. Why would God do that? I to, mean, to test our faith, but why would he create such a ruse? Because he's insecure. Because <laughs> he thinks it's funny, so I mean, that's look the at argument. The there, there is no argument because it's. I can't believe there's that's make like believe. Their argument is yeah. that God is well, all here's, powerful. He here's put the it argument. There to fool us. Here's the argument. The like, book says so. The which, book says so. And every time you, you try to challenge anything, they say argument, the book says. Anytime you base an argument on a book or something, I don't care what book it is. <laughs> Mark Twain's books or. <laughs> I mean, it's. I don't care if it's a science book. Dr. Seuss. Like, yeah, it, it means that only only what's written in these pages is the truth, and everything else that's not in these pages is false. Therefore, yeah, well, I've figured out the universe without having to really do anything. <laughs> yeah, must be nice. I think must that, be nice to have the whole universe figured out. Yeah, and it's actually, it's just easier to just like close your eyes and go blah 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 blah, <laughs> and then like I don't see anything. Just pour all of your energy into I don't believing hear in, in all your negativity. Um, I'm trying to see what the debate was though, because it was, um, I guess the whole no, I think snippets of it are on YouTube, but um, God, it was called the <laughs> I can't. It had a funny name, but it's like an hour and a half long, and it's hilarious. And even Bill uh, O'Reilly is, is a good sport about it. But okay, hang on. So Bill gives his opening statements here, and then uh, John Stewart. Now, what's um, the background on this? This is just they just they just said to get let's do a debate do about just like everything. Okay. Um, so Bill O'Reilly is over six feet tall. John Stewart is a midget, not over six feet tall. Of course he is. He's, he's <laughs> so, an actor, right? So so Bill Bill O'Reilly comes out and he's towering over his podium. John Stewart comes out and he's you can barely see him over his podium. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is the tallest actor in history. He's five <laughs> ten. So um, Bill O'Reilly gives his opening statement, and then when they go over to you, John, 
he hits a button and a platform raises him up <laughs> to the exact height to be. And he goes a little <laughs> taller than Bill and a little shorter. So that's what they're all laughing at right here. But my friend Bill O'Reilly is completely full of shit. So this is bullshit. This was two years ago that they did this. Now, he and I agree this country does face some problems. We do have some issues. What we disagree on is the scope of these issues and the cause of these issues and the timing of these issues. I believe we have very complex problems in this country, like we have had in this country low since its inception. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And Bill O'Reilly's like laughing. things are getting worse. <laughs> and then he raises his podium up even higher when Bill O'Reilly laughs at him. <laughs> he raises his platform up higher. What is wrong with this country is not that we face problems that we have not faced before. We face a deficiency in our problem-solving mechanism. And the reason we face a difficulty in our problem-solving mechanism is that a good portion of this country has created an alternate universe <laughs> in, which, in which the issues that we face revolve around a woman from Georgetown who wanted birth control, which is a health issue for women, covered on her health insurance in the same way that Viagra is covered. Which uh, Bill O'Reilly was busted for having all these drugs, and then it came out that he was buying Viagra and all sorts of other things. Alternate reality, I call this place where these folks live Bullshit Mountain. The denizens the of Bullshit Mountain believe many things. They believe that a Kenyan Muslim president has fundamentally changed the relationship between government and the people of this country. On Bullshit Mountain, they believe that if they built it, it was because of their success and a little quick moxie and freedom juice. But <laughs> if life hasn't worked out for them, it is the government on their back. I have come here tonight. So this is edited a little bit. To plead to the mayor of Bullshit Mountain. <laughs> Until we can agree on a reality that exists in this country, you and those denizens believe that we face a cataclysm, a societal cataclysm between freedom and socialism. And on Bullshit Mountain, our problems are amplified and our solutions simplified. And that's why they won't work. We face a debt crisis that we've never faced before. We are merely weeks from being a failed state or even worse, Greece. And the way to solve it <laughs> is to kill Big Bird. Now, let me say this. That was that about um, during the 2012 election. Um, Obama was running against... Uh, what's John his? Kerry. Not no, John no, no. Kerry. Um, <laughs> They're on the same Mitt party. Romney. Mitt Romney. And Romney was asked, you know, what uh, government programs would you cut? And one of them was PBS, which, by the way, has a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. It's funded by viewers like me. <laughs> How, it's not funded by the government. No, it's subsidized by the government. Oh, okay. And by uh, viewers like Rob, <laughs> as it says. How can they cut PBS? It's just like... It is such a minute... Sacrilege. Okay, first of all, you've got... Okay, let's say this is the whole... No, I get it, yeah. The budget. It's... This much is military, but this tiny little piece here is... 
we have an overbloated military where tanks are sitting unused while we have two wars going on. That's how many tanks we have. So you're laughing now. <laughs> wait till the aliens get here. No, wait till the Chinese get here. <laughs> They're coming. Well, in stealth, I submarines. hope so because I love their food. It is yummers. You know what? I like American Chinese food. That's <laughs> seriously made by American Chinese people. Yeah, Chinese yeah. Americans, Mike. Okay, not American Chinesers. Yeah, if you actually eat regular, like real Chinese food, totally different. You're lying. You're making that up. No, I know people who have been to China and spent time there. Name them. Reuven. Oh, I know him too. Reuven, um, Andrew Slocum. You just made um, that name up. No, I didn't. Jim Jarmush. Jim Jarmush. <laughs> uh, and Derek Fisher. Is Not he the, the is, Derek Fisher, but... Is he the one that's good at playing chess? No. Oh. That's Bobby Fisher. Oh. Look over here, Rob. Quit <laughs> distracting <laughs> me with your keys. Um... Rob looked at the door because he thought. No, they were uh, Slocum and Derek are two of Betsy's friends from college, and oh, okay. they spent like I don't know, like eight months. Did she call them the Sloke and the D? She does call them Sloke. All right, good enough. And we call them D Rock sometimes. <laughs> I was pretty close. Then. Yeah, <laughs> I mean those are pretty logical nicknames for those two. Well, all but right. yeah, apparently the food's very different. Reuven. So will yeah, have we to have in on that. we have unused tanks. And, and meanwhile, PBS and NASA are like such a minute fraction of our NASA budget. NASA is? NASA is a small amount compared to a lot of the other things that we do. I'll be honest about NASA. Like, <sighs> Don't. What? We need to keep... First of all, we're going to destroy this planet. We need to be working on an take, exit strategy. Why don't we focus on not destroying this planet? That's a good one, too. But the things that come from the space race including our microwave ovens and our Velcro shoes and anything. Well, not my shoes. I don't wear those anymore. Not, yeah, I don't wear Velcro shoes. Not since the 12th grade have I worn Velcro shoes. I just, I I don't, okay, those things are all well and good, and I'm sure Medical, okay. medical things that, I mean, would Hear not me be out. here if we didn't go to the moon in 69. Okay. You know? Cool. Lots of stuff like that. Okay. Well, we don't need to be wasting money on trying to get further out into the solar system. Don't make me. We don't make me send, turn Bill Nye on your ass. We can send drones out there. Like space is so vast. Yeah. Unless we can come up with a better way to travel those huge distances of space, it's a waste of time. Oh my goodness. If we could travel the speed of light, it would take us take us six years just to go one way to get to the nearest star. It'd be worth it. It would be worth it. Anyway. You get there and it'd be a star and you'd be like, all right, we're here. We did it. Sweet. <laughs> sure is hot on this star. What else, what else is here? Oh, nothing? Giant uh, monsters that eat us? All right. Well, I guess we're going to head back. Um, oh, okay. That's another six years. All right. I'm going to play one last video here And that's for you. reaching a speed that, as we know right now, is theoretically impossible to reach. I'm going re to play one more video for you here. This is an open letter in video form from Bill Nye to President Barack Obama. Um, I'll let, it's it's only three and some change, three minutes minute, and change. A scientist advocating more money for his science? Oh, yes. He's in it for the money, Rob. Bill Nye is just a, a huge money suck. I'm not talking about that. Sa- he's, suck. he's just like, he's, in, he's into it for like, look, we found another... Listen to him. We found Mr. more President, rings on Saturn. The space program, NASA, is the best brand that the United States has. Mm, Everywhere point, in the world, people respect and admire what NASA does. 
Right now, what NASA does best is explore the solar system through the Planetary Science Program. People around the world shared the seven minutes of terror as we lowered an extraordinary car, bristling with extraordinary instruments, onto the surface of Mars from a crane held aloft in that alien sky by rockets. But Rob wasn't watching that, so he didn't feel any of that. Didn't see it. Were you watching it? Uh, I saw a lot of coverage about it. I don't think I saw it live, but yeah, I saw a lot of coverage about it. Many thought it was impossible because nothing quite like it had ever been done before. You and your family remember applauding as a replica of that rover rolled by in the inaugural parade. Over the last few years, Congress has added back funding for the planetary program that the Office of Management and Budget has cut. Okay, I'll read what's on the screen when he says that. So in 2013... Uh, $309 million cut was proposed by OMB. I don't know what OMB is, but... For the planetary program that the Office of Management and Budget... Office of Management and Budget. In 2014, this year, they cut another, or there was a proposed cut of $268 million. Cut. Now, we all understand it's a push-and-pull process, a negotiation. But planetary science deserves special attention because it is special. It's an extraordinary value in which we should maintain or even increase our investment. We recommend that planetary science receive $1.5 billion a year. Which is less than 10% of NASA's annual budget. And so far, you've made a more convincing argument than he has. Basically, all he said so far is that planetary science is awesome. Listen. The planetary science division of the space program accomplishes extraordinary things because it is extraordinary. We want to look for signs of life on other worlds. Places like Jupiter's moon Europa and Saturn's moon Enceladus. That work is being done by our planetary explorers. Scientists and engineers who really are seeking signs of life on another world. Such a discovery would be astounding. It would be, as so many astronomical discoveries have been through the years, a way to change the course of human history. Planetary exploration not only brings us astonishing discoveries from other worlds, it inherently leads to innovation because Ah, we invest in solving problems which have never been solved before. That, in turn, creates new businesses and economic growth. But more importantly, supporting a robust space program raises everyone's expectations of what's possible. With a space program, everyone in our society comes to believe and expect that any problem we face can be solved. It's inherently optimistic. It's part of our national character. So, Mr. President, we strongly recommend that you make sure that funding for the Planetary Science Program is held at at least $1.5 billion a year. It will keep our current missions flying. It will lead to new missions. And it will lead to amazing new innovations, new businesses, and new discoveries in the future. It will help us change the world. Thank you. Stand with Bill. Write to the president. Hashtag fund planetary. Exploration at NASA. I think they should just use that money towards making more superhero movies. Oh, gosh. Now Now you've really put me in a corner, haven't you? I don't know, a $1.5 billion superhero movie? <laughs> Dude, it'd be awesome. It would be. They don't have to blow it all on one flick. Well, I don't know. What if they Unless did? Unless they get James Cameron, too, and then it'll probably need more money. I don't know. Did you see Avatar? It was 
not bad. It looked really cool. Like you can see where that money went. Yeah, I mean, it went into script, those big Smurfs. It was just like dances with wolves in space for the script. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Bill Nye I mean, does a very impassioned. There's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of other things that could be cut that are completely worthless. And I think there's a lot of things that need to be um, managed better. Yeah. Um, there's there's obviously a lot of waste. I I'm, think we could start. I mean, as, as uh, a liberal Democrat, I'm a fiscal conservative in the sense that I think yes, taxes are too high because we mismanage how the money is used. It's not yeah, used efficiently in it comes government. To a bunch of bullshit that doesn't help the people at all. Well, it or it helps a chunk of people, and then that causes other problems. People go, oh, it's a welfare state and things like that. I won't get into all that, but I have I have beliefs that there are. Uh, better ways to be spending government money than we all than we do. The government is notoriously inefficient yeah, when it I comes think our to prison systems need to be upgraded substantially. I I don't know how. Well, I don't think it should be about punishing people. I think it should be about rehabilitation. Yeah, and throwing someone in a cell with a bunch just of forgetting crazy about ass people. Like just going, you're I done. Think, I think Your when life we, is in here now. when human race looks back on this in like four or five hundred years, it, it's going to be like how we used to look on sanitariums back in like the eighteen seventeen hundreds, where yeah. they just like or, threw people into or a room. prison camps, like yeah. what we did in World War Two with the Japanese internment camps. It's like how could we have done that to a, a a whole group of people based on their race? Well, that's like saying how do we throw a whole group of people based on their addiction to substances which is being proven more and more and more to be genetic or uh based on and once you're addicted to something it's not a choice to just get off of it well i think you know we're also putting those low-level criminals in with some of these like really crazy like yeah bad people and turning those drug addicted oh people yeah into, like, criminals real criminals real criminals yeah exactly uh, yeah it's the prison lifestyle that you then become a part of and you're like, well, I guess I am a criminal now. That is who I am. That is what I am. And then yeah. they, when if they do get back into society, guess what life they're leading again? Yeah, and then they can't get a job because no one wants to hire a convicted, you know, Colin, or convict. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just that that whole thing needs to be completely revamped and revisited. Yeah. Well, tell you what, let's wrap this one up because we're at 58 minutes already. And this has been a very serious look at the bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't but, even know uh, where, where we would begin to title this one. I'm sorry. Did I say we? Yeah. I meant you. What have you been titling them so far? <laughs> do you even know what the titles of the podcast have been? I know. Yeah, I know them all. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Um, totally. <laughs> why don't I tell you them? You don't need to tell me them. I mean, no, they're yeah, fun. They're I mean, fun. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we'll go back and revisit yeah, them we'll go, here. Yeah, let's celebrate some of the names that <laughs> we'll go. Have we'll have here. a retrospective uh, look at our at our past episodes. Um, so episode one was called "The Saga Begins." Where did I get that? Do you remember? Yeah, we came up with that. Did I we? actually did help you with that? Okay, so that comes from the Weird Al song that is based on. Don McLean's American Pie, all about Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom this Menace. It's about Anakin. We, it's it's the whole plot of the movie. Oh, it's, is it? He okay. goes through the entire plot, but it's called The Saga Begins. Um, episode Two, The Search for More Listeners, yeah. was based on a very famous movie sequel, That's The Search weird. for Spock. Yes, The Search for Spock, Star Trek Three, and then was that three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, 
Which episode? One th- which one did you think it was? I thought it was two. I guess. No, that's the Wrath of Khan. Oh yes, Khan. Yes. Um, episode three, podcast with a vengeance. That's right. Great. Um, that was a good one. Thank you. Episode four, the quest for peas. Yeah. Probably my worst one. Yeah. Uh, based Which on is this, ironic that it's kind of named after the worst <laughs> Superman movie ever made. Yep. And quite possibly the worst movie ever made. <laughs> uh, there's um, a le- the worst um, studio release, or what do you call it? Cinematic release? Yeah, Troll 2, I think, has been claimed worst movie ever made. There's also Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, well, I saw a movie called Thanks Killings Day, which <laughs> it made fun of itself because it knew how bad it was, but it was so bad. Uh, episode 5 was the Gene Shallot game. Okay. Where we talked about... Um, the uh that's not gene shallot game <laughs> right it was called the um well, it was, no not gene it was the uh leonard malton leonard malton game based off of doug loves movies where we kind of played a little bit of that um and then i've been basing a lot of them off of quotes of yours episode six what could possibly go right <laughs> <laughs> see i named that one <laughs> yep <laughs> The next one was, uh, what, what does Rob say when we say, hey, Rob, have you heard? And Rob says, I sure haven't. <laughs> that whole thing was the title? I mean, that whole thing was the title. No, I sure haven't was the title. Um, episode eight, the ancient phantom of menacing fear. <laughs> you didn't even know about these. Um, I know, no, I knew that's that. That's where one. we talked a lot no, about I, I knew that one. Star I was Wars Episode Seven. Um <laughs> Episode Nine. Bruce Dernit. <laughs> <laughs> uh Episode Ten. Pat Sajak ruined our Hawaiian vacation. <laughs> Another vacation ruined by Pat Sajak. No, but that was an exact quote of yours. Did I tell you that Pat Sajak ruined our Hawaiian vacation? <laughs> And then this last one, episode 11, was not um, a quote of yours, but we talked a lot about uh, uh, government uh, politics stuff. So I ta- I titled it, Mr. Mike and Rob Goes to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the listeners already knew that uh, Rob is new to those titles. Uh, I haven't figured out what this one will be yet, but I'll come up with it while I'm editing it down. I'm 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 going to make a concerted effort to start listening to the podcast. You don't have to listen. You were here, but I know. Get it somehow through either social media or emails. I'll have to email it to you and send it to your friends and your whoever. I guess I just figured they're like me, where if they get an email with something to listen to, or they're like, I'll get to it. Yeah, but you know what? (laughs) Some people do get to it. So if you send it to ten people, maybe one person listens to it all the way through and let and and likes it. That's all I'm looking for. Um, we have to make it more likable ourselves. Because <laughs> right think it's now, pretty dang likable. Yeah, it's cute and cuddly. We are cute and cuddly, aren't we? We're just well, adorable. I didn't mean us. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we're gonna we're wrap not, it up here. We're not cute at all. Oh, okay. Ugly as sin. Coming at you live. Yeah. Signing off. This is Mike, and I'm Rob, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Meow.